Hey now, hey now. Okay, no reason to be singing like that at the beginning of a podcast. It's probably alienating and people are like, uh, don't need that. I'm switching channels. <laughs> are there channels in podcasts? Are there a bunch of channels? I don't know. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Harland Highway. Uh, glad you're here. As, as I said uh, in other podcasts, I've been all over the place a little bit lately. I missed a couple of podcasts due to uh, all my relocation with my sitcom starting and stopping and blah, blah, blah. So we're here. What a show. Uh, we're going to be talking about something that you all do, but you will all deny. Texting and driving. Oh, sure. Everyone else does it. Not you. Uh-huh. We're going to uh, uncover that. We get a call from one of the pavement pounders on that. Um, I'm going to be talking about a species of animal that invaded my house, and I'm going to chat about that for a while, and then I'm going to go uh, up on stage live and work it out, get all my frustrations out and all my thoughts about this crazy invasive animal taking over my home up on stage at a really weird comedy club. So it's going to be a fun show. Here we go. Thanks for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Harland Highway. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. I am out here for you. You don't know what it's like to be me out here for you. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. Like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> what was it we had for dinner tonight? Well, we had a choice, steak, fish. Yes, yes, I remember. I had lasagna. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. That is thought for Samantha thing to say. Welcome to the Harland Highway. I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. la dee da Okay, I could hold that no forever. I've got unusually strong lungs. I think I might have been one of the Ricolo guys in a former life. Um, hey, everybody. Welcome to the... The Harland Highway. Whew. Had trouble getting that one out. Um, hey, again, my apologies. The last uh, few weeks have been uh, very scattered... Uh, I've been doing a lot of transitioning. Uh, I've been wrapping up my sitcom that I'm shooting in, in Vancouver, Canada, and I've been traveling back to uh, to Los Angeles where I live, and then I've been going to see family in Toronto, and I've kind of been on the move, and, and, and which it rarely happens, but in the last uh, month or so, I've missed a couple of uh, of the podcast. Uh, um podcast getting out there. I apologize. I like to keep it consistent, but sometimes life just uh, pulls me in too many directions, and uh, I miss a couple now and then. It's very rare. I think we've done, we're coming up on 600, and I think I've only missed maybe four or five in that time. Uh, so there you go. But yeah, just been a busy, busy time for me, and it continues uh, through the summer, so I'm going to do my best to not miss any bad boy. 
so there you go. A million apologies. Um, so let's get right to uh, the action here, if you can call it action. Uh, you know, it depends how much action an old lady has. And when I say old lady, I mean me. Okay, get, check this out. Uh, I've got moths in my house. I go away for a little bit, and I come back, and my <laughs> the inside of my house. Have you ever seen these butterfly museums? <laughs> you ever seen that you can go visit these butterfly museums? You walk in, and there's tropical plants, and there's thousands of butterflies flapping all around. That, that's what my house looks like. I walked in. And there's it's like a moth museum. There's these little tiny moths flying all around my house. And uh, I guess they eat my clothes. They have a thing for clothes. And and so while I was away, I, I asked my cleaning lady, I said, look, I think we got to get some mothballs or something. That, that's the only thing I know that kills moths. I mean, you, you can't go after them with a rifle. You can't start shooting uh, moths out of the air with a rifle, right? So, so I come home from my uh, my working on my sitcom in Vancouver. I enter my house, and it smells like and a, a lot of the ladies might not know this, but my house smells like a urinal, a public urinal. In the urinals, they put these little uh, hockey puck size. They're called urinal cakes, and believe me, you don't want one of these for your birthday. But they smell like a mixture of bad mouthwash and uh, uh, chemicals and uh, liniment, whatever that is. I think I just made that up. Liniment, it sounds right. Uh, There's a touch of menthol in there, maybe some spearmint. It's just an overall horrible smell. And uh, I go in my closet, and I go in my bedroom, and, and the, the the strong the sun's even stronger. And I, I look, and my my cleaning lady has put all these uh, mothballs all around. <laughs> and what was more insulting than the uh, odor was there was moths still flying around the little bastards. I just can't believe it. They 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 must be like having an orgy in my house. They're like, hey man, this guy's gone. Hasn't been anyone home, man. Let's let's invite everyone over and have like a party, man. It's like that. You ever have a babysitter, or if you're your parents and you leave town, it's like that movie Risky Business, and the kids throw a giant party and everyone comes over and wrecks everything. That's what happened at my place. I had like one moth, and he's like, "Hey, man, everyone, hey, come on, the dude's gone, man." It's like the Big Lebowski of of moths. Yo, dudes, flap on over, dude. There's all kinds of sweaters and shirts. It's like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Plus, we can fly around. There's no fly swatters and whatnot. We can partay in this house in Hollywood, dudes. Come on. we can, Someone find Mothra, that giant fucking Godzilla moth, man. We'll even get that dude here, man. Let's moth it up. Yeah, they sure did. Like I said, my place is like a butterfly museum in there. I should start charging my neighbors to wander through my house. They can walk through with their children and stare up and moths flying all around. It's like little angels, like you're in heaven and there's little little angels flapping all around your head. 
Last night I'm laying in bed, okay, no shirt on, not much else on either, you nosy bastards. And uh, I woke up in the middle of the night. I feel something crawling on my back. Did I jump up? Did I turn on the light? Did I get scared? Did I think it was a spider? Did I think it was a lizard? Did I think it was a devil? Did I think it was the monster under the bed? No. I knew what it was. It was a moth. And I'm not even wearing clothes. So now I'm thinking, geez, maybe he's tired of clothes. He wants some flesh. What did I do? Rolled right over. Didn't even flinch. Woke up, felt a crawling, moth, roll, crunch. There's me sleeping on some powdery, velvety moth wings. How about that? That's where I should have had a heart attack and died. How many people get to die laying atop? That's right, I said atop. Laying atop some velvety, powdery moth wings. I do, okay? Well, I don't. I didn't die, but... That's how you want to go out. That's that's the only way to go out. On top of powdery velvet moth wings, I'll tell you. So uh, anyways, my house stinks like a urinal from, uh, from my uh, hockey arena, okay? I got a butterfly museum going on, and these things ain't stopping. I don't think the mothballs are working. Meanwhile, the first night, I didn't know any better. I got home. I was tired. I'd been flying. I decided to go to sleep in my bedroom. I didn't realize that maybe you shouldn't sleep with a whole bag of mothballs laying around your bed. Oh, yeah, P.S. Mothballs, it's like poison. So here I'm laying in a poison chamber, going into a coma. Moths are crawling all over my flesh. Good Lord. So anyways, last night I was in Hollywood. I got invited to jump up on stage and do a little uh, little stand-up. And I thought, you know what? I got to get this moth thing out of my system. So I went on stage and started talking about my moth infestation. And uh, let me let me run the clip for you right now. I was able to turn my my horrible butterfly museum into a bit of a uh, a bit of comedy for the folks. At this really cool comedy club, it was in the upstairs over a restaurant, and it was it was set up like an attic. They designed this this uh, room to look like the inside of a really old, like abandoned farmhouse. Like that peeling wallpaper and old pieces of wood and doors and and uh, lumber and window frames and chairs hanging from the rafters. It was it was really it's almost like doing a gig in a haunted house. So it's kind of fitting I talked about the creepiness of moths. Uh, here it is. Enjoy. Guys, come right back. Y'all know this man. Y'all love this man. He's coming all the way from Fresno. Put your hands together for Grape Crush. Keep it going. Grape Crush from Fresno. Hey gang, how about a hand for everyone you know in the community that's been uh, supporting the efforts of the Lower East uh, Side of L.A.? <laughs> what a great uh, room we have here, gang. We should all give thanks. Uh, what a wonderful opportunity for a bunch of strangers to come together and uh, communicate their essence. Uh, 
I would really love if a uh, 9.5 LA earthquake <laughs> hit right now and shook for 20 seconds. And when we all finished screaming, this room was laid out immaculately. I'm talking pristine. And I do not use that word very often. It's a real treat for you tonight to hear me say the P word. Because this room, ladies and gentlemen, is crazy. This room is cray-cray. This room, if you're from Louisiana, this room is crayfish. This room is crazier than Forrest Whitaker's left eye. I think you all know that. He's got a crazy fucking eye. I, uh, I like to share about things going on in my life. It's not easy stuff, uh, rattling glasses during the show. Uh, unless that's a skeleton in the haunted mansion. Here. Just wait for one of those cars to float by in the Disney haunted mansion. Huh? Am I right, gang? Am I, am I right, children in the flowers in the attic? Am I right? So that you can rattle if you want. It's all part of the essence of living in Katrina. Sir, have a seat. Uh, here's what's going on in my life. Ma'am, if you could focus and go to show. Uh, I got moths in my house. I don't know, uh, judging by the way some of you are dressed, there's some moth people here. Sir, over there, hiding under the books. Uh, but moths are a peculiar critter. I mean, God created a lot of critters. There's a guy with a wool hat. I'm concerned for that gentleman over there. Talking about moths. Sir, you should be very concerned. Once you hear what I have to say, you're going to be very, very frightened. Moths are unusual because if you look at the animal kingdom, ma'am, and I can tell by looking in your eyes you love to watch nature shows and whatnot, uh, most animals have an appetite for something that's uh, living. A lion, sir, will take down a baby gazelle, just freshly born, ma'am, laying in the tall golden grasses of the Kalahari, still covered in glistening placenta. Uh, a lion doesn't care. A lion sees an opportunity to feed, ma'am, and it just attacks that trembling little... I think they're called colts. Baby gazelles are colts. I don't think anyone here can challenge that. So I don't think anyone here as an animal expert has the authority to say a baby gazelle isn't a colt. So I'm going to just keep barreling through. A lion, ladies and gentlemen, will... A lion will attack a trembling little placenta-covered gazelle colt and basically sink lions, I don't know if you know this, ma'am, uh, lions have seven-inch uh, canine teeth. And I know this is a comedy show, but what they do is they plunge... <laughs> Sir, if you could sit down doing a routine about lions eating baby gazelles. <laughs> uh, 
what they do is they plunge their seven-inch canines into the skinny little necks of, of these baby gazelles and tear their uh, larynxes out. Has anyone here seen a baby gazelle colt's larynx at all? Can I see? Is anybody? Okay, so you don't know what I'm talking about. All right, let's move this bit along a little faster then. Um, but uh, giraffes, man, do you like giraffes when you're not busy uh, going over to Europe on your travel miles and rolling around in the hazelnut fields of uh, the Ukraine? This, this is not over here. Come to do a show, there's a, apparently there's a hazelnut rolling kid here. Uh, <laughs> Thank Rosemary's baby for coming to the show tonight. Fucking placenta on my face. Uh, but uh, giraffes will eat the, the, the tenderest of, of twiglets from the top of the, uh, the Zonga trees in uh, Kenya. Uh, hippos will eat the tender swamp saplings in the marshes. Uh, the Bengal tiger man will take down a ukulele elk in the middle of the Persian forest. But moths, my South Park dressed friend, moths... Moths hanker for something else. A moth could be in your house going, Gee, I'm hungry. Mmm, mmm, what I wouldn't do for a nice juicy pantsuit right now. God, I'm so hungry I could eat a turtleneck. <laughs> you know, dang, I'm going to need a lot more out of you uh, on the laughing thing. Because I'm up here, no, come on, let's, gang, I'm up here in this old fucking rickety fucking SARS of a house. If the house could have SARS, this is fucking SARS house. And I'm up here doing stuff about baby gazelles and moths. I'm, basically, I'm ripping this SARS house a new asshole. And to not get the feedback I need is uh, disheartening to me. Uh, it's not easy for me to be up here. I, I, look, I get it. Okay, gang? Huh? Uh, Vine Street gang? I get it. You, you, there's a bunch of good comics up here. You had the, the, the twin lesbian ahead of me. You had, uh, you had fucking Bugsy Malone up here. You had fucking uh, husband and wife uh, singing like they uh, fucking just stepped out of a uh, fucking teriyaki chicken wagon down on the fucking uh, 49th and uh, fucking Kitty Cobbler. I don't know where they hang out. But I'm up here exposing myself. I'm a model, okay? I'm a model. Most of you are going, we can't relate to this fucking guy because he's not on the catwalk right now. Okay? There's a fucking moth. Do you see that? Dude, run the fuck. Where's the fire exit? Dude, fucking run. Your hat's going to be gone in about half a second. But I'm model, okay? I'm not a comic. And so it's not easy for me. I'm, I'm vulnerable right now I mean, to be up here exposed as a model. I should be in Paris. Or do you know what's going on in Paris right now, sir? In the fucking Archie Bunker chair over there? Oh, hey there, dingbat. Huh? This guy. Hey, hey, hey there, meathead. Raise that fucking dingbat. Huh? This guy here. Look at this guy. 
Who's that beside you? Oh, Archie! Oh, look at this fucking guy. All in the fucking SARS family over here. I'll tell you what's going on in Paris right now, gang. Fashion Week, okay? I should be on a catwalk somewhere. I'm up here in fucking SARS house with fucking Carol O'Connor and Gene Staplebottom or whatever the fuck her name is. Rob Reiner here somewhere? Where are you, you greasy fucking meathead? Come on. Anyways, I'm, that's not going to stop me. I'm, I'm plowing on, man. This comedy thing ain't fucking hard. This fucking comedy thing's a fucking cakewalk. You, next to walking down a fucking catwalk, sir, in an Armani suit, a $4,000 suit. Think that's fucking easy, sir? This fucking comedy shit's a cakewalk. I come up here talking about moss. You fuckers are laughing your heads off. What a breeze. Okay, okay, so there it is. I went off. I, you know, I, I've told you guys before, when I jump up on stage at these places, I experiment my ass off, and I just I decided... I decided to, to go down this road where I convinced myself that I was a high-end male fashion model, and that was my real occupation, and I was just doing this comedy thing as a lark that I was tired of being beautiful and modeling, and I, I was desperate to switch gears into something else. Needless to say, I think you can hear the crowd was a bit mystified. They, they weren't entirely sure if I was for real or not. I, I can't believe it, but, man, I had fun. I had fun with that one. So there you go. That's my little moth rant. <laughs> and uh, I, guess, I guess I should thank the moths because the, the, they brought a lot of laughter to me. They brought a lot of laughter to some other people. And uh, and there you go. So I'm working on the problem. The moths should be gone soon. Okay? Thank you, moths. The gigantic insect known as Mothra. Now, speaking of Mothra, an interesting segue right there. Um, I went to see the new Godzilla movie, and I'm not going to harp on this for long. But uh, some of you said you liked it when I complained, and so here I'm going to complain again on a running theme that's been happening on the show, and I'm trying to get away from it, the crying thing, but I went to see Godzilla. Guess what, everybody? Okay, the two leads in the movie, Brian Cranston's one male lead, okay? And then there's a guy who plays his son. I don't know his name, but he's the star of that that movie, Kick-Ass. He's a young actor. Good-looking guy. He's all buffed up. He plays uh, Brian Cranston's son in Godzilla, and he's this big, tough, buffed-out uh, military guy. He's a, he's a highly trained Navy SEAL type of guy, okay? So if you go see Godzilla, I want you to check how many times in the beginning of the movie, this is a, uh, a, a deal wrecker alert or whatever they're called, Brian Cranston dies like a half hour into the movie. He's a great actor. He did a great job, but uh, in the in in the scenes that he's in, maybe fifty, sixty percent, he's crying. So 
I kind of get it with him. He's an older guy. Maybe it's okay. He's emotional. He's lost his family. His wife dies. So he's crying. It kind of fits. But then for the rest of the movie, his young, buffed-out son, the military guy who, you know, went through training, went through Navy SEALs training, was made to stand in the ocean for eight hours in the middle of the night, was was subjected to uh, torture, was subjected to all the things they subjected to when you become a Navy SEAL. you got to be a real man to be a Navy SEAL. Now go watch Godzilla, and, and guess what? The big Navy SEAL butch military guy, I'd say 40 to 60% of his scenes on camera, guess what he's doing? He's either crying or he's doing that thing where his eyes start to water and he's like one second away from crying. Again, what I said about Spider-Man, what I've said about every freaking movie Hollywood makes now, pussifying our leading men. I get it that men have emotions. I get it that men cry. Do they have to do it in every freaking movie now? Where do you see it? You're like, oh, there goes the big uh, Navy SEAL guy crying again. There's his eyes watering. I get it. Maybe one or two scenes. You go see Godzilla and make a note of it. I'm willing to say that 40 to 60% of the time, the young son, Marine guy, is on screen. His, he's doing a scene where his eyes are watering or he's crying. There you go. Not going to keep going on about it. It's disgusting. It pisses me off. Can someone write a movie where a man plays a man and is butch and, and tough and kicks some ass and actually doesn't feel the need to cry? Gee, I don't remember Bruce Lee crying. I don't remember Charles Bronson crying. I don't remember Clint Eastwood crying. I don't remember, you know, come on, enough. Holy pussification. So there, I'm stopping right there. No more crying stuff. Let's move on, Rog. Get, get me out of this because I get all fired up. Get me out. I know nothing. Why can't I see? <laughs> my blanket, my blue blanket. Give me my blue blanket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't like people touching my blue blanket. Hello? Hello? Hey, Harland. I called in to gripe about texting drivers. I pretty much always think that, you know, it's like a younger person, uh, maybe a teenage girl or boy, texting. But I just passed six drivers in a row. And every single one of them was texting. I don't know if they're texting. They could have been doing research online or what have you. But what amazed me is that there was, like, an old man, probably, like, in his 70s with his face down. There was an old lady. And then maybe, like, a 21-year-old dude. But it just amazed me to see an old man and old lady with their heads down looking at their phone. It's it's ridiculous. It's taken over the freaking world. I agree with you, man. I agree with you. But, but you know, consider this. The old lady and the old man, you said their heads were hanging down, their, their chins were on their chest. Uh, 
did it occur to you that these people were dead? You said they were old. I I think they might have been deceased. They just slumped in their seat. Their foot was already on the gas, so they're, they're still rolling. But old people don't know how to use cell phones, so I, I have to conclude that these individuals had passed away while driving and were just still kind of moving until they hit a tree or something. So you're okay there. Okay, I'm lying. You're right. Everybody texts, and here's the first question I got to ask you, and I hear your mad, I hear your anger, I hear your frustration, I hear your aggravation. Let me ask you this, and be honest. Do you text when you drive? I bet I know the answer. I bet I do. Who's the little texter that drives? Who's the driving texter? Where is he? Come on, come on. Where's my little driving texter? Are you my little driving texter? Who's the little driving texter? That's you. Yes, it is. Yes, 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 yes. Text, 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 text with your little texting fingers. Yes, you are. You're a good little texter when you drive. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Come on, dude. I, you know why I can say that? Because I'm, I'm you. I friggin' hate when other people text when they drive. I know when they're doing it. I see them doing it. I can tell if they're poking along in front of me if they do it. I honk at them, I get angry at them, and then guess what I do? That's right. I text when I drive, too. And I become that guy. And I become that, you know what I mean? I think we all do it. It's a horrible thing to do. I try to limit it to when I'm at a stoplight, okay? I text when I'm at stoplights, but sometimes the stoplight changes and I, I I don't see a change because my head's down and I'm texting. I don't text when I'm rolling. I, at least I don't think I do. I might have been guilty of it now and then, but I try. It is totally dangerous. Don't do it. But honestly, do you, have you never done it? Have you never, ever done it? I think maybe you have, and I could be wrong, but it doesn't matter that we're all part of it, and we hate them that do it, and we must hate people hate us for doing it. And it, it's so incredible because nothing's really important. Who cares if, if, if your buddy just bought a new uh, pair of Nikes? Who cares if your mother just got home and the uh, she left the oven on? Who cares if uh, your, your, your plane reservation came in? Everything that's texted could be texted when you've stopped driving. There's very, very little that needs to be texted in order to complete your functionality as a human being in that in that living moment. There's no upside to texting, and at the end, it could be catastrophically dangerous and hurt people. Texting drivers. It's it's just a, a symptom of the technology. And here's what's going to happen because, uh, you know, I don't know what the stats are, but I, I'd be terrified to see how many traffic accidents and deaths are caused. I, I wonder if texting now outnumbers drunk driving casualties. It'd be an interesting thing to look up. Unfortunately, I'm not the type of guy that does that kind of research. I could. Maybe I will. I don't want to sound slack. 
but what's going to happen is there's going to come up, there's going to some type of technology will come up to replace the texting. I mean, it's probably already there. There's there's texting where you can just talk and it'll text and record and blah blah blah. But something's got to change because uh, it it's it's just too irresistible. Humans love to be in contact. Humans love to communicate. Humans love to get mail. In the old days, for those of you that are old enough to remember, we used to get mail in our mailboxes, and 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 it was always a treat. Even if it was a letter from a grandparent or someone we didn't even know that well, even if it was a, a junk mail sometimes, when you got something in the mailbox, there was a little bit of uh, elation because uh, it's, it's like, you know, somewhere someone out in the world reached out to you, to you, not nobody else, you, your name's on that letter. And it was a real treat to get a personal letter or mail in the mailbox. But but those days are gone, and now your personal mail or letter is a text or an email. And we can't resist that because, A, it's like, it's like an ego boost. It, it passes the time. It makes us feel important. It makes us feel wanted. It makes us feel special. So that's all primal in humans, man. And so we can't wait to read or text back or let people know. And most of it's irrelevant. It's just chit-chat. A lot of the time it's just goofiness. How many of you get texts from friends like, Hey, jackass, you smell like a bag of turd. And you're like, okay, my one of my best friends just wrote me and said, Hey, jackass, you smell like a bag of turd. And for some reason you feel inclined while you're driving to pick up your phone and type, Ha, 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 so do you, stinky breath, idiot. Okay, did did that exchange really need to happen at 60 miles an hour on a highway or going across surface streets through lights and stop signs where there's children and pedestrians? No. But everybody's doing it, man. But I just passed six drivers in a row, and... Every single one of them was texting. Yeah, it's a problem. Six in a row, that that's pretty big. I mean, to pass six in a row and they're all texting, that that's that's like a parade. You you sir, you just somehow segued your vehicle into the middle of a text parade. Okay? You 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 got yourself a text convoy, good buddy. Breaker breaker come back nine. We got a text convoy trucking through the night. We got a great big text convoy. Ain't she a beautiful sight? Text convoy. Yeah, breaker nine. I got a LOL here with a hashtag dash hey hey hi lexicon. Hey hey, come back now. Okay, I've gone too far. It's ridiculous. It's taken over the freaking world. It has, and we all have to do our part to stop it, including you, my friend. I'm, I, I, you know, I need you to be honest here. If you're doing it too, you need to stop it because one day you might be going down the street and an old man looks over from his dusty old Nova 
and he sees you with your head down and is like, Jesus Christ, look at that little whippersnapper texting away or possibly doing some research online. I don't know if they're texting. They could have been doing research online or what have you, but... If there's one thing I hate more than young whippersnappers texting while they're driving, is doing research online. Sons of bitch. I'm going to ram that son of a bitch with my 1973 Nova. Son of a... I'm going to do that as soon as I finish texting my old lady. Because we got a great big texting convoy trucking through the night. We got a great big convoy. Ain't she a texting site? Texting convoy. Yeah, that's it. I just It's called a text boy. It's not a convoy. It's a text boy. So we'll go out on that. Be safe. Stop texting. Stop making people mad. No one else is allowed to text while they're driving except you. Okay? As long as you're driving and texting, it's all good. But nobody else can. Huh? So there you go. That's the show. Um, what a show. What a, what a wonderful show. What a wonderful Christopher Walken show. Um, don't forget to check out my stand-up comedy schedule at harlandwilliams.com. Uh, I've added a bunch of new dates there, so I might be coming to your town or city very soon. Um, and uh, if you're over in Ireland, of all places, if you're cruising around in Ireland, I'm going to be in Ireland, <laughs> excuse me, at the uh, at the Cat's Laughed Cats Laugh Comedy Festival in uh, Kilkenny, Ireland. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be May 29th to June 1st, and uh, it's a great festival. I've been there before. Kilkenny's this picturesque little town in the center of Ireland, and uh, I know the odds are a lot of you won't be there, but if by some fluke you are, come see the kid in action and. In Ireland, how often do you get to see old Harley McWilliams doing stand-up comedy over in the Europe there, don't you know? Uh, also, um, check, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel when you get to my uh, my homepage at harlowilliams.com and you'll be the first to see any of my wacky videos I put out. Uh, and tell your friends about the Harland Highway. Uh, you can click on Amazon at my homepage. You can... You can uh, do all kinds of things. So there you go. Uh, Great to have you here. We'll check you next time. And until then, chicken chow mein, baby. It's ridiculous. It's taken over the freaking world.